So last week I showed how important it is that we fight for what we think and see and hear. I shared how just a few tweaks in your life will better help you to take control of this so that you can line up with what God wants to do in your life. And that's why we're here, right? Jesus came to serve his Father. We are here to serve our Heavenly Father. We need to do it his way, not our way. And I, I believe, Jen, that's the sacrifice you were talking about. Less of me, more of him. God, not my will, but yours be done. That's our prayer every single day. And when we begin to think about the things that we're allowing into our heart and our head, when we limit the worldly influence, it'll help us to be victorious as a follower of Jesus Christ. And we all need to improve in that area. How do I know that? Because there's such an indictment against the church today that we're nothing but a bunch of hypocrites. Why? Because we keep blowing it. And it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. So what's the big deal about what we think? Does it matter what goes through this pumpkin of ours? I believe it does. See, the thing is, what we think often leads to our actions. And we don't, when we don't think things through, when we don't use the godly filter of the Holy Spirit, as, as I shared last week, and I'm going to get into that more this week, the resulting actions can lead to disastrous consequences. I hope it's all right if I pick on somebody. This is Jamil Jones on the right, Sander Zabo on the left. This last week, apparently uh, Zabo had gotten belligerently drunk, and he was out in the parking lot, and he was waiting supposedly for a ride, and he started pounding on Jamil's car. Jamil took offense to that. He got out of his car, and he just punched this guy once. And Zabo went down, the ambulance came, they took him to the hospital, and two days later he died. This was on Fox News. This handsome man, who was the assistant coach at a university there in New York, his whole life just changed. His future just changed. Why? Because in that split second, what he allowed into his brain that turned into an action shouldn't have happened. Anybody else ever have this happen to you? Maybe not to the degree here, but some of us have in this room. And we've had to pay a price, a heavy price, now, is that the kind of man that Jamil is? I don't believe it is. He had one of those, I almost said it, brain freezes. You know what the other one was I was going to say. And he let his actions overwhelm his reasoning. Now, if you could go back today and ask Jamil, Jamil, if you had this to do over, would you? I think what he'd say is, no, I think what I would have done is I would have got my phone out 
I would have called 911 and I would have said, hey, there's some crazy guy beating on the hood of my car. Come and get him. Consequences to our actions. Actions that result in our allowing things into our mind and not filtering them properly. The devil will do all that he can to infiltrate your thinking. He'll try to disconnect you from, disconnect you from the truth with an action that you try to justify. All right? Anybody ever been there? You try to justify it even though you know it's going to turn into something diabolical. How many like that word? Diabolical. Ooh. Another example, and, and, and I, I think about this, and I think, God, how far have we gone? In California, they're trying to get this uh, bill passed to make sure that the Plan B pill is on every campus in California. Do you know what that Plan B pill is? If you have unprotected sex, no worries. Just take the pill the next morning, and, well, you'll, just, you'll be just fine, right? How nice. Don't worry about the 40-plus STDs, sexually transmitted diseases for you old folks, that are out there, most of which are incurable. Don't worry that what you're doing is the equivalent of a very early abortion. Don't worry that according to God's holy words, that sex out of marriage is a sin against the body and it will result in eternal judgment. Don't worry about all that. No worries, the devil implies. Just as he did with Eve in the garden when he said, did God really say? Back to my original question. Does it matter what we think? You betcha. You betcha it does. Be worried. As believers, we need to go on the offensive in this fight against evil. It's not enough to only defend our mind. We also need to build into it an arsenal of offensive weapons so that we don't even put ourselves in that place. It'd be like an alcoholic that says, I'm not going to drink anymore, but they keep going to the bar. And we as Christians find ourselves in this place every single day. We shouldn't see or hear or think about these wicked things. But yet, how many of us put ourselves in that place? Somebody once told me, Pastor Norm, I don't have a cool testimony like you. I was born again when I was eight and you know, I've never gone to the dark side like you did. Anybody else know what I'm saying? You've been to the dark side. And some of you haven't. And, and I believe that God's saying to you, that is the coolest testimony. The fact that you have prevented the wickedness from coming into your life. You still need Jesus. Jesus. None of us is good. None of us is righteous without Christ. 
But after you got born again at that early young age, you kept yourself for Him. You separated yourself for God. And He's using you today. And trust me, that's the kind of person God wants us to be because He can use you as a tool in His hand for His good purpose. And to me, that's the most powerful miracle of all. So don't ever be ashamed of that if that's you. Be proud instead. Why is it so important that we prevent wickedness from entering our minds? Why do we need to get the right weapons on board so that we can fight the very thought of evil? Because the God who desires to have that intimate relationship with us is pure and He's holy. And He wants that intimate relationship with you. I shared this last week. He wants to be intimate with you, but He can't do that if there's sin in your life. Sin robs us, all of us, from the intimacy of our Heavenly Father. We must do all we can to avoid a lifestyle of sin. Amen? And notice I said, a what? Lifestyle. If you blow it, put it under the cross. Put it under the blood. But when you do it over, the same thing, over and over, and you think the same wrong thoughts over and over and over. Listen to what Jesus said, Matthew 6, 22 and 23. I, I chose to read it out of the Amplified. It's up behind me. The eye is the what? Lamp of the body. So if your eye is sound, your entire body will be full of light. You get that? But if your eye is unsound, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the very light in you, what's in parentheses? Your conscience is darkened. How dense is that darkness? I don't know about you, but I want my conscience to be at peace. Not full of the devil. Jesus is saying that what infiltrates your mind it's either going to bring blessing or corruption. Blessing or curse. It's totally up to you. I don't know about you, but I'd rather have the light. I'd rather have the blessing than the cursing. When I read the Bible or watch wholesome movies, my mind is fed good food. And the light within me increases. If after a year of spending time with the Lord, if your light hasn't increased, then there's a problem. Can I get an amen? On the flip side of this, if I choose to read filthy novels or R or X-rated movies, if I watch those, then my mind becomes corrupt and the darkness will eventually take me over. I've met people years ago that got born again about the same time I did. Ten years later, they fell away from the Lord and they went into this pit. Now, I'm not saying they can't come back from that, but I am saying they were changed and you could see the visible darkness in them. Of course, I pray for them. But don't let that happen to you. Don't lose your salvation over the things of the world. Don't be drawn back to that old sinful man. Fight it with all that you have. I don't know if you remember this, but I, I was really quite surprised several years ago when 
that novel came out, Fifty Shades of Grey. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. People are reading this, and it hit the bestseller list. And I'm like, what? And they said it was mostly women reading it. And it was double what? And right on, on the, uh, if you read the biography part of it, or whatever they call it, the bio of the book, it says erotic. And yet, these people were drawn to it like flies to honey. Ooh, i got to read that book. Did you read that book? Really? Christians, come on. Well, Pastor, how do you know they're Christian reading that book? I'm certain some of them did, maybe some of you. And just because they're saying amen doesn't mean they were the ones that read it. (laughs) How can we read that smut? And then think that we can come and relate to a holy God. Last week I shared from 1 John 5, 4, for every child of God, what? For every child of God, what? Every time we get to the evil, you keep going... For the child of God, what? Thank you. Maybe we don't. Maybe that's why we can't say it with enthusiasm. But we should. Jeez, Pastor Norm, you were tardin' up last week. Every child of God defeats this evil world. Are you a child of God? Are you defeating the world? Or was the apostle lying to us? How do we defeat this world, this evil world? I believe it's by learning to battle for our mind. Everything about us starts here. Everything. Our reasoning to sin or not sin, to be good or not to be good, it all starts here. And I'd like to share some tweaks with you this week that are going to help you live a more victorious life for Jesus. You ready to hear them? First tweak. Understand that what you put in is what you'll get out. Can you say that with me? What you put in is what you'll get out. Now this is scriptural. As you reap, so you'll sow, right? Galatians 6 7 through 10, and I want to read this mainly because it identifies this very thing. The apostle said, don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. God is going to judge everybody for everything that they've done. All right? That day is going to come, and coming, I believe, soon. You will always harvest what? What you plant. The seeds you plant in your life, whether good or bad, they're going to grow into something. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit, and this is where I'm going today, say it again, please the Spirit. 
This is what God wants us to see. Those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. He goes on to say, so let's not get tired of doing what's good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. I've seen way too many Christians give up right before they got their breakthrough. Don't be that person. Fight it. Get on your knees if you have to. Fast and pray if you have to. But don't give up. I said this last week. Failure is only when you quit. Don't give up. Therefore, whenever we have opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially to those in the family of faith. I can't emphasize that enough. If we aren't treating each other well, <laughs> we might as well shut the door. Have you ever heard of a church that doesn't treat their, each other well? Yeah, that's the sad part. Yes, there are churches out there where they consume each other. They're like cannibals. They eat each other. Don't be that church, folks. And I don't mean physically, I'm going to come down and eat Shane. No, man, I, I wouldn't do that. But I could talk behind your back. I could, say all kind, I could have all kinds of trash talk. I wouldn't do that to you because then you'd get on Facebook and you'd videotape it. I love you, man. I see all your stuff. He's so proud of his new job, and I'm proud with you. I'm, I'm so happy you're there. Listen, we need to show the world a better way. We need to let the light shine. And this, this is one of the things, warriors, that we need to fight. People need to see that we love each other, and we're not out here to kill each other, but we're here to pray for each other and to walk through things with each other. It's not always easy, right? I mean, there are some folks in here that probably just appall you. Now, none of you are like that with me. Okay, maybe a handful of you. I'm kidding. By appalling, I mean we don't get along. Our, our personalities do this. But does that mean we're, we're not supposed to be together? No. Where in the Bible does it say you're going to get along with everybody? Half of you can't even get along with yourself. So here we are. First week, you'll get out what you put in. So put in good. Live to please God, the Holy Spirit. David declared this in Psalm 19:14. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. The words of my mouth, the things that come out of my heart, may they be pleasing to you, oh God. If you want to please the Lord, then you need to put in good things. You need to dwell on good things. The UBS handbook, it says this about this verse. The mouth represents the source of our words and the heart the source of our thoughts. You know what you're thinking because usually it comes out. 
But all of that emanates from our heart, from within. Mind, heart. Before I knew and served Jesus, I served the devil. Don't be judging me. Some of you are going, Rod, he served the devil. Honey, he served the devil. All of you served the devil before you became born again. Because we've all sinned and fallen short of God's glorious standard. And what I mean by that, serving the devil, is that what came out of my mouth back then was foul. What was in my heart was so corrupt. It wasn't very often I had a very good thought. That's why I'm such a miracle today. People that knew me before Jesus would go, did you know him before? Really? He's a pastor now? They can't believe it. To God be the glory. After my born-again experience, experience, listen to this, where Jesus Christ became my Lord and Savior, my whole lifestyle changed. I replaced my Louis L'Amour and my Playboy magazines with the Bible. This book right here, this is what I began to cut my teeth on. And you've got no excuse if you can't read well because now it's on iPhone, iPad. You can listen to it. They'll read it to you. And they have amazing voices. Sometimes I'm a little envious. Get in the Word. That's what I did. Instead of going to the bar, Mike... I went to church. I only say that because he was like that. I don't think he'd mind if I pointed that out too late anyway. Now they all know. You serve the devil too. Wow. And the result was drastic. What came out of my mouth started to be uplifting and loving and caring. And what was in my heart became good and whole. And God-pleasing. As a Christian, that should be what all of us aims for. If you get up in the morning and you're blankety-blanking this and that and the other thing, man, something is wrong. You need to bust this book open a lot more than you are. You can't think that you're going to come in here Sunday morning for an hour and a half and get right with God. You need to live it every day. Carrie, you said that today. We need a solid diet of God's spiritual food, and it's only found in the Bible. However you get it. Maybe you like listening or watching preachers on TV. If you've got the right apparatus, you can do that. But get the word in you, folks. Hallelujah. Remember this? We, uh, we were married, remarried. Brother Ron remarried us. 
This was a remembrance. This was our, was this our communion? <laughs> Forty years. And I remarried my wife. We reset our vows. What's in this? Air. I thought somebody was going to say nothing, but it's, it's full of air, right? So how do I get the air out of this? Man, you guys are so doggone smart. I want you to think of this as the Holy Spirit. The water is the Holy Spirit. The washing of the water and the Word, that's scriptural, I think. It's God's Word. See what happens? How much water is left in there, or air is left in there? Overflowing. When you put God in, the stuff that shouldn't be there is going to flee. It's going to leave. The closer that you get to God, I love this, the more you'll look like him and the less you'll look like the devil. So poke your neighbor and say, the more you look like God, the less you'll look like the devil. Except you, Pastor Mike, because I know that's. I'm just picking on him because he knows. You know, Last week, I asked you to do some homework. I asked you to look up a scripture. And uh, How many of you were obedient? Wow, five of you. Six. Philippians 4, 8, and 9. And, and I, I, there was a reason I wanted you to read this, because it, it talks about this. What I'm talking about right here, it talks about this. It says, and now, dear brothers and sisters, this is an endearing term. He loves these people. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts. Fix your thoughts. This literally means to fill your heads. Fill your minds. He says, fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Can I ask you this? If you have cable TV or satellite TV and you pull up that TV guide thing on there, do any of these words hit your mind as you're looking at the titles? Most of what we see on that tube is anything but this. And that's why we've got to be so careful. Keep putting into practice all that you've learned and received from me. Everything you, what? Heard and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. So here's, here's the, the, the little wrap up here. As you fill your mind with noble thoughts and put what you've learned into practice, then God's, God's peace will be you, with you. How many could use a little peace today? I could use a lot of peace. Why are people so messed up? 
because they're not filling their minds with what they should. Instead, they pour all kinds of junk into their minds and then they expect the Holy Spirit to set them free from all the chaos that they've created. I'm not talking about people that don't know Jesus. I'm talking about you folks. Christians who should know better. The warriors that we talked about earlier. Hear this. We're surrounded by many voices. Some godly, but many that aren't. Because you and I aren't cloistered in some monastery in the middle of the mountains without access to TV or all the other stuff. We have to be careful with what we see and hear and think. That means there are going to be things out there that you and I shouldn't even listen to. We shouldn't even entertain. Things we shouldn't even think about. Things that will ultimately lead us to sin and cause major failure and even death sometimes if we're not careful. So the first tweak, put good in. And the other will come out. You with me still? Second tweak, be sure God's Word is a part of what you put in. A part of that good. Joshua 1.8, I love this. If you get a chance, read the, the next verse after this, but right now I'm just reading this one. Study this book of instruction continually. And of course, we're talking about the Word of God. Meditate on it, when? Day and night, so that you will be sure to what? Obey everything written in it. You know what? God didn't give this book as a suggestion. You want God's best? Apply this book to your life. And I love what it says, this last sentence, only then will you prosper and succeed in all that you do. So as I see this, study, meditate, obey equals prosperity and success. Man, see, you didn't have to pay $1,000 to go to this success seminar. It's right here. Study God's Word, meditate on it, and then be obedient to it, and you will prosper. It doesn't get any better than that. Final tweak. Do what the Apostle Paul told the early church of Ephesus to do. What was that? To be filled with the Holy Spirit. Let me read this quickly. Ephesians 5 beginning with verse 15. So be careful how you live. Say that to your neighbor. Be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. In my new role as a chaplain for the Michigan State Police, when I go into the jails, do you think it's full of people that are wise? No, they're people that have made mistakes, that were foolish in their thinking, and they allowed the, the, this, not to be filtered, most of them. And I'm telling you, I've seen some crazy stuff in there already, and I just started. And I'm not picking on people in jail. I'm just saying, they need to get a hold of their Bibles and begin to apply this Word to their lives, and then they need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly 
but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Are you with me still? So don't act thoughtlessly. Understand what the Lord wants you to do. I think this is one of our biggest problems. We don't even think about what God wants us to do. We just run out and, and then afterwards we realize, oh, that was dumb. What did I do that for? Use your brain. Think about your actions and the consequences that are going to follow those actions. Use your life for good, not for evil. Listen, it's always a choice. And then here we go. Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. What? I don't talk about drinking here much because I feel like everybody needs to make that call. But in the assemblies of God, we believe in abstinence. Right, Brother Mike? I don't drink. It ruined my life almost. I don't need it. But I want to tell you this. People that drink and get drunk, they're on a roller coaster to hell. Don't be that person. I'm not proud of this, but when I was younger, my BC days, I used to get drunk. I did. I know it. Can't believe it. And when I drank, I was usually mean. The things I said were hurtful. And after I came out of whatever, I usually regretted it. Whatever I did or said. Hear this. A drunk does and says stupid things because the alcohol takes over your brain and you no longer have the ability to reason. That's why the apostle is saying, don't get drunk. Instead, <laughs> instead, I love this part. Instead, ah, oh, instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves. Making music to the Lord in your hearts. God wants that kind of relationship with you. He doesn't want you all doped up. He doesn't want you all hopped up on something else, whatever it might be. He doesn't want you drunk. He wants all of you. He wants you to be in your right mind. And when He fills you, oh, man, the goodness of God gets on you and in you. Just like that glass that starts pouring out. And you start speaking in that heavenly language. You start worshiping Him. Notice it says, among yourselves. God wants that intimate relationship with you. When you're alone. Don't fear Him when you're alone. <gasps> I can't get alone with God. That's why I come to church. No, don't be that person. Get alone with Him and just give Him a chance to do the miraculous in you. God, I just want more. Fill me up, Lord, like you talked about in Ephesians chapter 5. I don't want to be drunk on wine, Lord. I want to be drunk on you. Give him permission and see what happens next. You still with me? Be filled with the Holy Spirit. This is the key to your success, to my success. The command is be filled. Instead, 
Be filled instead of what? Instead of all the junk that the world has to give you. This is key to our becoming the person God says has a heart after me. So be filled with this Holy Spirit. Remember last week I said this. Be holy because I'm holy. That's the God we serve. We can't be anything less. Now we're not capable of saving ourselves. We need Jesus. We need the blood of Jesus to cleanse us of our unrighteousness. But after that, it's a daily walking it out every single day. Getting the victory over this sin and that. Making sure it doesn't re-enter. Making sure that our lives line up with the Scripture. What God says we should look like. And you know, if we got our act together, folks, our churches would be full. Because people would realize there's something different about you that the world doesn't have. If we don't look any different, I shared this last week, why would they want to be here? They can go to the bar for that. But if they can find a church, a people, who love God so much that they are willing to lay down their lives sacrificially to please Him, that's the kind of place they'll join. And it takes all of us to do that. We are the body of Christ. We represent Jesus. And this is the battle of the mind as I begin to close. We have to be proactive if we want to survive these last days. Otherwise, we won't be any different than the world and the world won't want any part of us. But if we can show them how we're different, not by what we say, but by what we do. If they see that, you know what it's going to do? They're going to want it. They're going to want that peace. They're going to want the love of God in their lives. And I guess Pastor Roger didn't hear me, but if you'd come on up here, because I'm about to close. Our thinking or our hearing goes at this age too. I talked to my I talked to my son about that last night about getting hearing aids. As I said, what? About the fifth time. Who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to teach him? But we understand these things for what? We have the mind of Christ. Would you stand with me? If you're born again, then you're a child of God and you should have the mind of Christ. And my question to you this morning is, ask the Lord, is Jesus the master of my thoughts. We all have to start here. And if he's not, then we need to start moving in the direction where he is. I don't know where everybody is in this room. I know where I'm at. And I'm the one, I have to give account for me. You have to give account for you. Who controls your thinking? Jesus? or all the other stuff that you entertain all week long. 
If you'd say, Pastor Norm, uh, I don't know if Jesus is the master of my mind. In fact, I don't think he is. Here's what I want to say to you today. If you're ready to make a difference, to change, I believe God the Holy Spirit is here today to help you with that. And here's what I want you to think. Just put this in your head. Stop watching those sick movies and TV shows. Number one, you can't watch that stuff and then come back and go, I love you, Lord, and I live by voice. I know it's not going with what you're saying, but... Turn your conscience back on. There's a thing in the Bible called a reprobate mind. A reprobate heart, which means you have backslidden so far that you can't even hear the voice of God anymore. You need to turn your conscience back on. And you do that by getting back into God's Word and by praying and by asking Him to forgive you of your sins and help you to be that person that He's called you to be. And then I want you to invite the Holy Spirit to guide you and to teach you. You know, you have to give him permission. He's a gentleman. He's not going to do anything unless you let him. Meditate on the Bible. A steady diet. I talked about that. And then pray and invite the Holy Spirit to be a part of your life. In the Bible, where Jesus talked about this in John 14, 6, all right, he was called the what? Our advocate. He's our counselor. He's our coach. He's here to help us, not to hurt us. And when you invite the coach to help you, he'll do just that. But you have to give him permission to come into your life and to fill you, just like I did with this water glass. So with everybody's head bowed, with a, with, I just want to ask real quick. If you're here today, you'd say, Pastor Norm, I, I feel like the Holy Spirit's challenging me this morning. I don't think I've been living like I should, and I just believe right now that he, he's telling me I need to make some major changes in my life. I need to tweak some things in my life. If that's you, nobody looking around, please just lift your hand up. Shoot it up real quick so I can see it. Yep. Yep, hands going up all over the room. Thank you. Put them down. Bless you. Bless you. I always want to ask this because... Sometimes you're sitting in here and, and I don't know. I've been on that side before where my sins convicted me and the, the preacher was talking. I felt like he was saying it to me. So if you're here today and you say, Pastor Norm, I feel like the Holy Spirit's been convicted me of my sins. Again, nobody looking around, please. Shut your eyes. If that's you, lift your hand up real quick. Yep, 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 yep. Hands up all over. Thank you. Put them down. Bless you. All right, for everybody that raised their hands for that. You need some tweaks. God's convicted you of your sins. Are you ready to tweak your life? Can I get an amen? Wow. The rest of you, not so much. You just want to get out of here. How many really want God to move in your life? Sometimes it's just a little tweak here and there. But I believe that he's challenging us. He's challenging me. Listen, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to me. The Holy Spirit's saying to Norm, you need to tweak some things. I want more of you, not less. 
And I want you, when you come to me, I want you to be ready for what I have to give you. Not having every time you come to me saying, oh God, please forgive me. I did it again. No, he wants to know that I have the victory over this life. Thanks to Jesus. And he wants the same with you. I want you to pray with me today, and and I believe this is a prayer. I saw this, and I went, this is perfect. Psalm 51. I want you to repeat this with me if you're here. Even if you didn't raise your hand, would you say this with me? Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a loyal spirit within me. Do not banish me from your presence, and don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and make me willing to obey you. Then I will teach your ways to rebels and they will return to you. Hallelujah. While the ushers pass out those little pieces of paper, or are you up there? You're going to get them as you're going out, I guess. Listen, I've got something here, and uh, Jen, you might be pleasantly surprised, or not so much. I saw this on your Facebook page this week, Daily Declaration. And I, when I read it, I went, that's perfect to put in your hands as you go out of here today. I want you to get up in the morning, and I want you to pray this prayer over your life. Do it for a day or two at least, but just see if it sticks. Eyes, you will only look for the move of God. Ears, you will only listen for the voice of God. Mouth, you will only speak the word of God. Mind, you will only meditate on the word of God. Body, you will only behave the way the word of God says you're supposed to behave. Tribulations do not make it hard to do the will of God. It allows us to do the will of God more efficiently. There is never a struggle in what God gives us. The struggle comes when we are not surrendered to his will. Our marriage, family, career, and life are perfect. That means complete, because if God is with us, then we are complete. It takes God to show us how to be aware of what's in us. And finally, we are spiritually, emotionally, physically, and get this part, chemically free in Jesus' name. It's all of what I've been talking about this last two weeks. I want you to get filled with the Holy Spirit. I want you to let Him move in your life. And when we make these kinds of declarations, your life's going to be changed. And by the way, I got permission to use this. So, his name's at the bottom. Shepherd Winston Pearson, Jr. Are you with me? You still love me? Father God, I thank you for this body of believers. God, give us a strength to do everything we confess today that we do. For those who raise their hand, Lord, that just need to tweak some things, God, just get on us. If that's me, get on me, Lord. Don't let me turn to the left or the right, but keep me on that straight and narrow path, doing the will of God so that you're pleased with what I'm doing. I pray that for everyone here. And Lord, for those who who just have felt convicted, Lord, of their sins, forgive us of our sins, Lord. Make me that new person in Jesus' name. And now help us to live for you the rest of the days that we have. Lord, everywhere we go today, I pray your light would shine. Not the darkness, but the light. And Lord, that you would use this people, this church, 
to reach the lost. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everybody said, amen. God bless you. Have a great week in Jesus. Oh, if you're able to help, we need a few strong guys to help tear the tent down outside. God bless all the people that helped this week uh, with the car show. It was an amazing day yesterday. Thank you to all the help. God bless you.